The impeachment blowback has gone from bad to worse. Now, first, it was just bad for the Democrats because polls showed that independent voters ain't having none of this. We now have our third poll in the past two weeks showing opposition to the impeachment inquiry among independent voters has jumped substantially. The past two polls showed a 10-point gain while general support just kept dropping. You know, the witnesses they've brought forward have done nothing to confirm anything. And my friends who are more moderate-minded Democrats who don't like Trump are saying, I don't even know what they're, what they're doing right now. So that was bad news number one. But Trump is now coming out as of the other day saying, I want an impeachment trial. See, right now, this is an inquiry. That means that they're essentially trying to dig up if there is a reason to actually impeach the president. And they're going to vote, which they likely will. We'll see. And then it goes to trial. Trump will not be removed simply because he is impeached. The Senate will then hold a trial. And this is where the, the, the first part of the blowback was, was, was occurring, the backfiring. Several of the 2020 Democratic contenders will be pulled off the campaign trail. But now with Trump's announcement, we can see where it's going to get really bad. You see, Trump wants the Bidens to, to testify, to be witnesses. And not only that, so the Senate, the Senate is controlled by the Republicans. They're going to get their witnesses. They're going to get Schiff. They're going to get Chalupa. They're going to get all these people tied to Ukrainian whatever. But beyond that, Lindsey Graham launched a probe into the Bidens and Burisma. They could have let sleeping dogs lie. They could have said, let Trump finish out his term and we'll try and beat up the ballot box. They knew they couldn't win, but you could have still just waited four years. Or maybe they can't. Maybe this new probe with Horowitz and Durham digging into FISA abuse and the origins of Russiagate is going to be bad news across the board for many of these individuals. And so they know their only option is a last ditch Hail Mary before it all goes up in flames. Look, I don't know if Joe Biden did anything wrong with Burisma, but I think it needs to be investigated. I think we have more than enough evidence at this point, especially with now the Ukrainian MPs coming out saying there's corruption here. If you know what, I'll throw it to Wolf Blitzer on CNN said, if Trump's innocent, why not allow the testimony? Why not allow the impeachment inquiry? Hey, you're right. Absolutely. Trump called for a trial. All right, there we go. Trump wants a trial. How about you get Biden in then, right? If Biden is innocent, then let's, let's go, through the, uh, go through the documents, figure out what his son was doing in this company. And that's what's happening. And now they're outraged. Joe Biden said Lindsey Graham will regret this. He's going to go down in a way that he will regret for the rest of his life. Some people called it a threat. I don't know about that. But I tell you what, why so, why so serious, Joe? If Trump has nothing to hide, why can't, you know, he should be happy? Shouldn't you? No, because it's, it's, it's absurd to be playing these games politically. And now the Democrats are going to reap, they're, they're going to reap what they have sown. And it's getting bad. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's rather frustrating to have to say this every day. But now, look, man, look at the story. Trump on impeachment. I want a trial because he wants to make Schiff, Joe, Hunter, Alexander Chalupa, the whistleblower, sit on that stand and answer questions under oath. They have given Trump that power, and they, we, we knew the entire time the Senate was controlled by Republicans, this is going to happen. The way I described it, I did a segment earlier about Devin Nunes, and, and, and here's the bad news for the moderates. Here's the way I described it. I think of that Lord of the Rings scene where Elrond, I got the names right this time, Elrond is with Isildur in Mount Doom. Trust me, this is important. You see, the moderate voters voted in Democrats in these Trump districts, thinking they were going to get somebody who would fight for health care and jobs, the economy. Instead, as they were standing up atop Mount Doom, holding the one ring, the orange man bad narrative, the moderate voters yelled, cast it into the flames, get rid of this, focus on the real issues. And the moderate Democrats who got elected into Congress smiled and said no. 
and voted for impeachment. And now we can see that independent voters are, are, are well, they're pissed off. All right, let's, let's read the story and see what Trump's all about and actually get in the news because I could rant on this forever. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are numerous ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump real quick and show you something very important as to why I think it is, is, is particularly important you share this video. I want to show you this image. There are two screens. Uh, credits to somebody else. Uh, this was, I saw this on Twitter. I'm not trying to avoid giving them credit, but their name will probably get me banned on YouTube. I'm sorry, that's your Twitter name. But we can see here on the left, CBS News says Sondland confirms a quid pro quo. On the right, Fox News, quote, I want nothing. Sondland confirms Trump told him no quid pro quo. Two different realities at the same time. Now I'll tell you why it's so important you share this video. If you watch CBS, that's, that's not true. It's just not true. Sondland did not confirm anything. First, let me tell you what confirmed means. Confirmed means we have indisputable facts proving something is the case. In journalism, it's not always possible. So the standard ethics was three sources saying it was true. Sondland testified that Trump told him, quote, I want nothing. I want nothing. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he campaigned on. Straight from the president, Sondland said that's what happened. He was asked about a quid pro quo. Sondland said there was one. However, it was his presumption and that, it, and that no one ever told him there was nor connected an investigation into Burisma with a meeting with President Trump or otherwise, or the military aid. He, it wasn't there. They call that confirmed. I'm sorry, I call that a claim. The appropriate headline from CBS should be Sondland claims the presumption of a quid pro quo. Fox News is actually correct in this regard, saying Sondland confirms Trump told him no quid pro quo. That's a fact. In dispute, it's not even in dispute. Adam Schiff asked him that. And he said, and he responded this way. CBS puts up, just not true. It's not a confirmation. The best headline I can give you, White House, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, federal officials dispute a, a quid pro quo. That's why it's important. So I, I say this, that's why it's important to share this video. If you only watch Fox, you're going to get a more likely correct narrative, at least in this regard. Okay. It's not all perfect though. Hannity's very, very pro-Trump, very bombastic. That's fine. I get it. So is Rachel Maddow. I understand. They're not the same. But CBS, these other outlets, they're going to they're, they're gonna tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you that so that you watch because they're desperate. Their job isn't to tell the truth. It's to make money. This image is horrifying. I am doing my best to break through this. I am not perfect. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know, uh, it's 1-0. Fox News won. CBS 0. Fox News wins this one. But let's figure out what's actually going on here. Trump on impeachment. President Trump said Friday that he wants an impeachment trial in the Senate if the House votes to impeach him. I want a trial, he said during a Fox and Friends Friday morning. There is nothing there. Trump also cast doubt on whether the House would vote to impeach him, insisting his phone call with Ukraine's president was totally appropriate and saying House Democrats would be crazy to put impeachment to vote. Trump's right. (laughs) So look, man, you know, if, if the Democrats actually want to debate real policy ideas, I could be sitting here saying Trump's wrong. But in this regard, Trump is right. If the Democrats vote for impeachment, you will put yourselves on trial, Democrats. Trump and the Republicans will be in control of the Senate. And Lindsey Graham is launching an investigation into the Bidens in Ukraine. You could have let sleeping dogs lie. They couldn't do it. They wanted to light this up. And and again, maybe 
you know, some more conspiracy minded people might say it's because they could be implicated in these investigations. So it's a last ditch Hail Mary. But here's what happens. Donald Trump tweeted this morning, Adam Schiff will be compelled to testify should the Democrats decide, despite the fact that my presidential conversations were totally appropriate, perfect, to go forward with impeachment hoax. Polls have now turned very strongly against impeachment. And Trump, Trump is right. The polls have. Listen, I am not one to take one poll and laugh and say, aha, we have one poll. We have three. Okay. The, the, the first time it happened, I, I, I always try to highlight you're going to get one poll. Don't take it as law. I do my best. I'm not perfect. But we have three polls now showing independent voters are saying enough. And, it's, and now Emerson is showing it's overwhelming. It is, it is, it is a, massive, a massively larger group of independents saying no. Someone said, I failed to see how he would be relevant, but I'm sure that he wouldn't chicken out and refuse to appear like you and your staff have. That's an excellent, ex- excellent point that I can uh, debunk. Adam Schiff has already blocked several witnesses. Adam Schiff is relevant because his staff talked with the whistleblower before filing the complaint. It doesn't mean he's going to be the most relevant, but we certainly should know to what extent, you know, he has information. And we also need to ask him about Russiagate and other lies that he, or, or I'm sorry, the other misleading claims he made. I'll be careful about how I say it. Well, let's, let's move on here. Check this out. Poll finds sharp swing in opposition to impeachment among independents. Now you may be saying, Tim, you're, you're, you're banging the same drum. We heard this already. You talked about this story two days ago. I'm sorry. This is a new, <laughs> this is new. Okay, it's just another poll. So here we can see more evidence that the blowback is just going from bad to worse. This is an Emerson poll. So first we had Hill Harris X saying so opposition to impeachment among independents was jumping by a massive amount. Then we had, and even among Democrats, mind you, then we had Politico Morning Consult. And now we have Emerson College. Numerous polls saying independent voters are not interested. They do not like this. And everybody, and, and, the, and the majority, by a small amount, believe the Democrats were mishandling this. The Hill reports, a new national survey finds independent voters leading a sharp swing in opposition to impeachment, the second major poll to produce those findings this week. And I'll tell you exactly why. I know it's funny when I made that Lord of the Rings reference, but I really, really, that's how I feel. Okay, look, a bunch of moderate Democrats emerged and said, trust us. We're not, we're not here to go to Washington and play these silly games with Donald Trump and these other Democrats, okay? We're here to work for you. We're going to get you your health care. We're going to get you your jobs. And we're going to work across the aisle to make that change. And so they were handed that one ring, the orange man bad narrative. And they walked into the, into the fires of Mount Doom and smirked and said no. And they turned around and went for impeachment. As soon as enough negative press was generated so that the moderates could feel safe, they jumped on board in two seconds for shame, okay? And I will not spare Tulsi Gabbard the criticism because I, I have been supporting her. She deserves as much criticism as everybody else for flipping. Th- though she has made some statements that I'll give her credit for, the partisanship is dangerous, we- impeachment should not be used as a weapon or a tool, she should not be supporting this. And it would have been great for her to be a standout saying, no, 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 I'm not playing these games. I'm here to serve the American people, not just be angry at the president 24-7. But that's what you get. That's what you get. They say the latest poll from Emerson College finds 45% of independent voters oppose impeaching President Trump against 43 who support it. That's a six-point swing in support from October when 48% of voters supported impeachment and only 44% opposed. Mind you, the third poll, we had uh, uh, the other polls have shown the exact same thing. Now, the numbers are slightly different, but they show that early on, once the scandal emerged of the whistleblower, Trump's approval rating went down, support for impeachment was going up, 
And then we got our witnesses and the American people heard what they had to say. And they said, what is, what is, what is this? There's nothing here. Well, this shows that when it comes to 2020, the moderates may be swept off the board. Yeah, moderates, you had a chance. You could have represented what Democrats really, really wanted. But instead, you're playing these games. I can't tell you. I don't know why. They were, they were baited into it by Schiff, you know, by Nadler, by Pelosi, by Schumer, whatever. But here it comes. Check this out. And, and I'll tell you what, Biden is reeling. Biden is reeling. They are feeling the heat. Okay, it's not just about the blowback. They are feeling it. Lindsey Graham launches Senate investigation into Biden's and Ukraine. Well, they, well, here you go. Maybe they'll find nothing. But this is going to put a huge, it's going to be a huge hamper on Biden's campaign. If the Democrats just said, let's go for 2020, the polls were showing Biden was doing well. Trump probably going to win anyway. But hey, at least you would have had a better chance. Now, Biden, you're throwing up, they're throwing Biden under the bus. Bernie might actually take the, the, the nomination now because of this. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham sent a letter to Mike Pompeo on Thursday requesting documents related to Joe Biden's communications with Ukrainian officials. Graham's inquiry focuses on any calls Biden may have had with the former Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, about the firing of the country's top prosecutor or any calls that referenced Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company where Biden's son Hunter sat on the board. The Washington Post reports that Graham's letter appears to begin an investigation into Trump's widely debunked claim that Biden, who at the time was vice president, put pressure on Ukraine to fire its top prosecutor in an attempt to protect his son. Let me stop you there. No one's debunked it because no one's seen the documents. How can you call the story debunked before Lindsey Graham has even gotten any of the documents? Isn't it insane how the media runs defense for Joe Biden? Check this out. You know, Wolf Blitzer of CNN wants to claim Trump has nothing to hide. He can just come out. Well, what, what happens with Joe Biden? Joe Biden says Lindsey Graham will regret his whole life doing Trump's bidding on Ukraine. Now, a bunch of, now here's another reason why I say share this video, because if you go, you know, I'm going to throw some shade your way, Breitbart. Breitbart called this a threat. It's, it's not a threat. Okay. Lindsey Graham and Joe Biden have been friends as far as I understand. And now Lindsey Graham doing this is putting a wedge between them. I don't, Biden, listen, calling it a threat is a stretch. All right. Well, let's read and you can, you can make up your own mind. I'll just give you my opinion. Joe Biden said he's embarrassed for Lindsey Graham over the Republicans' willingness to do President Trump's bidding and investigate the former vice president's actions in Ukraine. Lindsey is about to go down in a way that I think he's going to regret his whole life, Biden told CNN's Don Lemon, Don Lemon in an interview Friday in South Carolina. Asked what he would say to Graham, who in the past had expressed his admiration for his longtime Senate colleague, Biden said, I say, Lindsey, I'm, I just, I'm just embarrassed by what you're doing for you. I mean, my Lord. I don't see that as a threat, man. I, I understand some people might try and claim that, but it sounds like what he's really saying is that Trump is going to lose. This is his opinion, by the way. Trump is wrong. It's a conspiracy theory. He's going to lose. And with Lindsey Graham jumping on board, it's going to bring him down in a way he will regret, regret for the rest of his life. That's what he's saying. But however, he, go, he goes on to mention this. Check this out. They have him under their thumb right now. They know he knows that if he comes out against Trump, he's got a real tough road for reelection, number one. I am just, I, he says, I am disappointed and quite frankly, I'm angered by the fact. He knows me. He knows my son. He knows there's nothing to this. Trump is now essentially holding power over him that even the Ukrainians wouldn't yield to. Ukrainians would not yield to, quote, investigate Biden. There's nothing to investigate about Biden or his son. I'm going I'm to stop you right there, CNN, with, with not providing the important context for people. You see, for years, the media has told us that Biden's family was corrupt. Not making it up. 2015, the New York Times wrote, wrote about it. Politico magazine repeatedly wrote about it. 
the soft corruption of the Bidens, the crony deals they get, they need to be investigated. It may all be legal. It's certainly amoral or unethical. And they call it soft corruption. So now to just try and gaslight us into believing that Joe Biden is he's on the level the whole time. Everything's on. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, man. Look, I don't care about Trump. I'm ambivalent towards the man. There are things he does that I don't like, things that I think are fine. You know, everyone seems to be going crazy. But I'll tell you what, if at the end of this, they prove Trump committed a crime, well, good. If somebody breaks the law, they go to jail. We hold them accountable, okay? I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Biden. But they're simultaneously saying Trump is not above the law. But how dare Trump want to investigate Joe Biden, who's running for president? Oh, because Biden's running for president? He's above law? I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Joe Biden should be investigated if there's probable cause. And I'll tell you what, based on the stories, the documents, and everything that's come out so far, yeah, time to investigate the guy. New York Times, you can't have them write a story in 2015 saying that his son was undermining American efforts overseas to end corruption. You write that story, I immediately say, hey, maybe we should stop what his son is doing because it's going against American interests. All of a sudden, he's on the board of a corrupt Ukrainian company. And then Joe Biden says, oh, the prosecutor's corrupt. So he steps in and says, fire the prosecutor. Well, lo and behold, the new guy clears Burisma of all wrongdoing, the Burisma founder. So what does that sound like to me? You want to claim that Joe Biden's on the level? I'm I'm fine. I don't care. We still got to investigate. The weird thing to me about the whole Burisma thing is like, if they thought this dude was corrupt, why is it that their new prosecutor cleared the guy of wrongdoing? I mean, ignore what they have to say. I don't care what they're telling me. They're probably lying. They're politicians. I'll tell you what happened. Burisma was a corrupt company. Hunter Biden was on the board for seemingly no reason. A prosecutor gets fired. A new prosecutor clears the guy of all wrongdoing. Sounds like they were cleaning up shop. So, so listen, it's, it's, sure, maybe Joe Biden did nothing wrong. All right. But this is the blowback the Democrats receive. Joe Biden's campaign is under fire for corruption because they started it. Now, Trump was looking into it. But guess what? Guess what? Ukraine didn't, didn't make an announcement. The Ukrainian president didn't launch that investigation. So there we are. They could have said nothing. Trump could have tried to get, you know, let's say it really was about digging up dirt. I'll tell you what, what happened in the, whole, in the whole thing. If you're complaining that Trump was trying to get dirt on Biden, you provided that to the media, not Trump. Nobody knew Trump made the call. Nobody knew until the whistleblower came forward and said, hey, look what Donald Trump said. And then people asked the question, why did Donald Trump say that? And then everyone said, look at this video of Joe Biden doing a quid pro quo. And now here we are. The only dirt on Biden is the potential corruption you keep trying to claim is debunked because the Democrats launched the impeachment. It is the most idiotic thing. And, it, and it's so frustrating. I'll tell you why I'm so angry right now. It's the, it's the analogy I gave you about the fires of Mount Doom. It's like we were here, okay? And we had moderates and we said, please, can you stop this? I, I know you can't unite the country. I know you can't make Trump supporters, you know, sing, do a square dance with, with progressives. It's not going to happen. But at the very least, you can try and be a bridge between them where, you know, they can hold your hand, you can hold their hand, and we can maybe get some votes done. Maybe we can lower the prices of drugs. Maybe we can get the, the, US, the new trade deal passed. Instead, they said, nah, we're just going to impeach the president. <laughs> well, guess what? You reap what you sow. Letting sleeping dogs lie would be the smart move. But instead, Lindsey Graham is now taking action against Joe Biden, which is going to dog his campaign for a long time. Independents are upset. Mo- almost all uh, it's all registered voters, according to the political uh, uh, morning consult poll, think Democrats are mishandling this. Three polls now showing that independents are saying no dice. So they're not going to vote for you. You're pissing them off. And Donald Trump coming up gloating. Yeah, I want a trial. He's going to make you stand trial. So here, here's, here's, the, here's the best part. Here's my final thought. Maybe, maybe there's four things to this. 
Impeachment trial throws curveball into 2020 race. They, 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 they have beyond, they have gone beyond, uh, um, like hurting themselves. I got to be careful about the analogies I use because YouTube will punish me. But, you know, they could have focused on winning. They could have focused on their message. Instead, they said, we just, they, they, they've been obsessed with impeachment from the beginning. Well, now these, these five senators are having their campaigns thrown a curveball because when this goes to trial, guess what? They're going to be sitting there unable to speak. You're not allowed to speak in the trial, passing questions to, to Chief Justice Roberts, who will be leading the trial as a judge. They'll be off the campaign trail. But guess what? So will Joe Biden. He's going to be sitting in that witness chair with his son, alongside his son, answering questions. So none of these Democrats are going to be able to even go out and campaign. Meanwhile, Trump has raised record funds, more money than any president up to this point. And while they're sitting in a room waiting for the Republicans to just say, we're not going to, we're not going to remove the president, Trump's going to be running campaign ads and he's going to be on the campaign trail. I am just so sick and tired of these, of, of this. It's just, <laughs> you know what really bothers me? When people do things wrong. And I'm sitting here like, man, if you really wanted to, 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 to defeat Trump in 2020, you need to talk to some like sane people. Trump will be on the campaign trail. Trump will be holding rallies. Trump will be raising record funds, running commercials. And the Republicans were never going to remove him in the first place. Joe Biden is now being investigated by Senate Republicans. The other Democrats are being pulled off the campaign trail. Independents are swinging against Democrats. They, 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 it is literally just erupted in their faces. God, how stupid. And this is what I was saying from day one. This will backfire. I've got like eight videos like, well, it backfired again. Oh, there's another backfire. And now the blowback has gone from bad to worse. I don't even know how to title these videos anymore. Every day there's a new story about like, woohoo, that was bad for Democrats. Oh, that was bad for Democrats. But let me, let me bring it back to this. I'll, 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 I will end with this. I will end with this because at the same time I'm saying all this, they are telling you it is bad for Trump. They're saying that Devin Nunes has been caught in a Ukrainian scandal. Oh, he was in on the take. Let me, let, me, let me make something clear for you. Okay. First of all, I, 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 I absolutely implore you, please watch other news, watch CNN, you know, watch these other YouTubers, watch left-wing content, figure out what their argument is. Cause I don't, I, I probably miss some things. I, I I'm not perfect. And you got to balance your diet. Make sure you're getting as much information as possible across the board and figure out who to trust. It's the best you can do. Be wary of anyone who tells you not to do that because it is on, it is on you to, to, to figure out what's happening in this world. I can't give you everything. I do my best. Take a look at this story. They say at the same time, oh man, the walls are closing in on Trump. Bombshell, 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 bombshell testimony shows that the walls are closing in on Trump spelling game over for the administration every day. Check out the story. They say uh, uh, Giuliani associate willing to tell Congress that Nunes met with ex-Ukrainian official to get dirt on Biden. Yes, that's right. A lawyer for an individual the Democrats claim is corrupt is claiming that another person the Democrats claim is corrupt is trying to is, is, is willing to present dirt on a U.S. politician. Oh, I'm going to believe that. So you, you, you feel free to feel free to believe that a corrupt individual got word from a corrupt prosecutor that he has dirt on a U.S. politician. Feel free to believe it. OK, but I'll tell you this. It doesn't matter. The difference between what's good and bad for Democrats and Trump is, is, is so far apart. Is this bad for Nunes? Sure. Is it bad for Trump? A little bit, maybe, if it turns out to be true, which was, it's not likely. We'll see what happens. Is the 
fact that independents are souring on impeachment directly bad and completely tangible in the short term, oh, you better believe it. It doesn't matter if this is true. Independent voters are, are, are angry. And this could change. Things could reverse. But for the time being, dude, you started the impeachment inquiry, and now Joe Biden's being investigated. Like, I, I tell you what, man, you can rag on Nunes all you want, but Nunes isn't running for the president. So if Nunes can't get reelected because he looks bad, Republicans aren't going to care. Trump's not going to care. I mean, they'll care a little bit. But in the end, Trump will win. And if Trump wins, he's going to gloat about how it's been a nonstop witch hunt for all these years. And I'm telling you right now, man, these independent voters are feeling that way. When we, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I, will, I will give you one final thought on this. And I know I said it before. It bears repeating. There was a point about you know a month ago, like when, when, the, when, the, when the Ukraine scandal broke, that there was a breaking point that I could feel. And you could see it in the ratings. You could see the American psyche finally snapped after years of Russiagate. The Democrats launched another one, another Russiagate two Ukrainian boogaloo. And I could see it, man. I could see the numbers shift. I could see, I could see people. I talked to my friends and they were like, I'm not, I'm not playing this game again, man. I'm not. And that's why the ratings were down. Now, now the ratings have fluctuated a bit on the impeachment inquiry, for sure. I don't want to act like it's just going straight down. A lot of people have highlighted when it down, but not pointed out that it did go back up a little bit. And that's fair. The Democratic debate, the last one, record low for the season. 6.5 million. That's a lot of people, but way down from the, from the biggest we've seen, which was 25 million in the Republican primary back in 2016. I guess, you know, the Democrats are so desperate. They, 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 they tried this last itch Hail Mary, reckless abandon. They sacrificed it all and it's going to come falling down around them. I'll see you all in the next segment at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. Thanks for hanging out. Devin Nunes is seeking swift legal action against CNN and I believe the Daily Beast for publishing demonstrably false story. It's a story that claims someone else is willing to claim to Congress that Devin Nunes met with Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin back in December. It is an insane story that I'm shocked would even get published because it doesn't pass muster. It in no way is confirmed. Why are they running gossip on par with, say, some Walmart tabloid? Not, no disrespect to the Walmart tabloids. We know they're supposed to be fake and silly. But how do we get to this point? Isn't it strange? It's so often. There are a lot of journalists who just so happen to frame stories in a way that benefits the state. I always found that weird, right? The fourth estate, that's what they call journalism. It's supposed to be this additional branch of our government, essentially, our culture, that frames and addresses political issues and holds the government to account. They don't do that because for whatever reason, they just say whatever benefits the establishment. Now, I want to be, I want to make sure I, I, I clarify. I mean, Donald Trump is the president. The Republicans c- control the Senate. It's not like they're not part of the government. But I'm talking about the entirety, the, 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 the establishment, like the Democrats, the old guy Republicans were knocked out. Trump wasn't supposed to win. Everybody was shocked by it. So he's definitely an outsider. Everybody knows he's an outsider. And the best way to frame it is the media acts in defense of the establishments, uh, the establishment and the cronies, like these, these career politicians. Donald Trump is not one of these people, and they certainly do not like him. So everything is negative. Then when you get Devin Nunes, who's another politician, but because Trump, you know, is basically in control of the party, he's got all that support. They must be truly desperate. I'll put it that way. They, they must be truly desperate to try and pull a move like this. 
Unfortunately for Nunes, I don't think he can win. And I will absolutely, before we read this, let's jump into the story. I'm going to throw some shade his way. He's suing Twitter over a parody account. I think it's silly, but there may be a strategy behind it. I don't know. I just think it's kind of dumb. But let's read the story from, uh, from Daily Wire. Before we get started, however, make sure you go to timcast.com slash donate to support my work. Um, it's the, it's, it, or, or you know what? I will, I'll keep it short. Just share the video if you like it. Let's read. House Intelligence Committee ranking member Devin Nunes announced Friday night that he is filing a lawsuit against CNN over a report that they published uh, the same evening that alleged an indicted associate of Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was willing to testify to Congress that Nunes met with a former Ukrainian prosecutor last year to discuss digging up dirt on former vice president and current Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden. Right there, when I read that, my jaw dropped. Could it be true? Such a report. Could it be true that they are so desperate that they would now try to implicate Nunes along with Trump? Wow. Yes. Now it's possible that Nunes met with Parnas and, and Shokin or whatever. I don't know. But this story shouldn't have been published simply because somebody who is indicted is now screeching doesn't give them any credibility. In fact, CNN should have confirmed the trip took place. So perhaps there's a lawsuit in there somewhere, but I really don't see it because CNN's just saying, hey, this guy's claiming it. But the reason I bring up the alignment of the state early on, we can even step aside from there and say the media's interests often bend to their ethics bend in favor of Democrats. I mean, we heard from Wolf Blitzer the other day when this FBI agent is now under criminal investigation for altering documents. And we'll get to that later in the day. He said, Trump could use this. It could help Republicans. It's like, what? What do you mean Trump could? You know, when you look at Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy of CNN, the media reporters, have you ever noticed that the way they frame everything is that they are enemies of Republicans, that they know Republicans hate them? And so everything is framed as though they are, it's like Republicans are a different country. It's like, dude, I thought you were a, a, a media organization that was supposed to be informing the American people. So we got serious problems, man. Have you guys seen this viral clip going around where it's two screens side by side? It's, two, it's CBS and it's Fox News. CBS says Sondland confirms quid pro quo. And then the, the other one from Fox says, quote, I want nothing. Sondland confirms Trump said no quid pro quo. That's where we're living. Now, naturally, I mean, Fox was right. Uh, Sondland did not confirm quid pro quo. He confirmed that he presumed there was one and his testimony was contradicted by two other uh, uh, officials who testified there was no quid pro quo. So if we're going to be honest and talk about the facts, it is not confirmed and it is contested with Sondland believing there was without direct order, though Trump did say no. So so here we are now. Here we are with CNN running the story exclusive Giuliani associate willing to tell Congress Nunes met with an ex-Ukrainian official to get dirt on Biden. What's the story here? A guy who got indicted is now offering up dirt. How, how is this news? I mean, you used to need three. You, you, you used to need three, uh, three sources to confirm a story. Would it make sense then for CNN to run the story exclusive? Nunes met with Ukrainian official. According to a associate, a Giuliani to Parnes, it was to get dirt on Biden. No, because they didn't prove it. All they have is the rumor that a guy said, hey, did you know this happened? And what if it turns out to not be true? Oh, it didn't matter. We reported the truth. You see, this is what they're doing to get away with publishing fake news. CNN isn't saying he did. They're saying someone's going to, someone's willing to accuse him. That's what they're saying. We're not even at the accusation yet. No one has been accused. Nunes has not been accused. They're saying a guy who was indicted is willing to accuse Nunes of mean with Shokin, which isn't even illegal. 
But it, but now you've got a, a top trend on Twitter. Nunes, excuse me, Nunes was caught. You know what, man? There's no such thing as justice, I believe. I, I, I think it's fair to say. We make it glimpses of what we, we believe to be justice. But the reality is that groups don't, or communities don't hold their own accountable, period. And if you toe the line and are a part of the establishment, you can do whatever you want. You ever wonder why all these people in government are millionaires? Yeah, it's because they play ball, man. You know, in, 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 in Illinois, one of our past governors got, uh, uh, I, I, the past three, I think, are in prison because they're all corrupt. But I think it was Blagojevich who was recorded saying, it, you know, when Obama got elected, the, the Senate seat opened up, so he had to appoint somebody or something like that. And he was like, if you want the seat, you got to pay. And I'm like, that, that's the game, dude. And we all know it. That's why I think it's funny that they call, uh, well, let's, let's read a little bit more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's read about the, the lawsuit. The attorney, Joseph A. Bondi, represents Lev Parnas, the recently indicted Soviet-born American who worked with Giuliani to publish claims of democratic corruption in Ukraine, CNN reported. Bondi said that Parnas was told, oh, here we go. You got to be kidding me. A lawyer says that Parnas was told directly by a former Ukrainian official who they claim is corrupt that he met last year in Vienna with Rep Nunes. That's what CNN ran. I'm sick. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired, boys. I'm, uh, I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest, I'm about ready to hop in that van and just uh, drive off into the wild blue yonder. This is just psychotic. You know, you're, it's, it's, it's terrifying at the same time. You're up against the machine, a machine that will lie, cheat, and steal to get whatever it wants. And it's, it's David versus Goliath. Trump won. Boy, were his supporters lucky to get someone in to go up against the establishment. You know, I, I know a lot of people think more nefarious things about, about the, the establishment. You know, they call it like the deep state or whatever. I, I think that's, that's a, a bit too much. Um, actually, I have this pulled up. It's a really great qu- uh, quote from um, Charles uh, Krauthammer. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He says, I don't believe in the tooth fairy, the Knights Templar, Bilderberg, the protocols of the Elder of Zion, a vast right-wing conspiracy, or for that matter, a vast left-wing conspiracy. Are there in the U.S. government individual bureaucrats that are Democratic holdovers that would love nothing more than to damage Trump? Yeah, of course there are. Is there a concealed web of conspirators, malevolent, permanent, hidden shadow government? Rubbish. And I would add that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone without the help of Ted Cruz's father. This is from the Deep State page on Wikipedia. And I believe that's actually a great quote. Now, I I will stop and say Bilderberg's a real thing. (laughs) What do you mean you don't believe in Bilderberg? The meeting happens. There's there's a deeper conspiracy as to to what they're really doing. But yeah, a bunch of global elites meet. I don't think that's that's not a secret. Guardian reported on that. But I, I think I get what he's saying. He's saying he doesn't believe in the grand conspiracy, like the cabal or whatever. It's true. Um. Look, it's possible any one of these conspiracies is real, but it's not the simple solution. The simple solution is that you have Democratic holdovers, many of whom are probably friends, some of them who probably conspire between each other and do illegal things. We now know there's an FBI lawyer who altered documents and was posting anti-Trump you know, text messages. They're Democratic holdovers. That seems to be what the problem is. They are people appointed. You know, you know Trump, listen, man, I, I, I see all these memes where it's like Bill Clinton got rid of all of these, you know, individuals that were appointed by Bush and then Bush, you know, got rid of people and then Obama got rid of people and Trump should have. Trump should have cleaned house and he didn't. And these holdovers are literally throwing wrenches into the spokes of what he's trying to do. So you can call it the deep state, but, but you know, I actually, I, I have a few sources who work in intelligence who have told me there are certainly a, a, a number of of intelligence people who are rather pro-Trump. 
And within the intelligence agencies, it's the same culture war we see out here. I'm not saying that's true. You know, do I, do I trust everybody, especially someone who works in intelligence? Not necessarily. But that's what they're saying. They're like, look, man, you have the same culture war, the same. It's, it's, it's really comes down to like what, which media is playing which game. And there are people who hate Trump who flock to CNN. And there are people who like Trump who flock to Fox News. Now, granted, the left has got way more of an um, establishment media apparatus behind it, which is why these fake stories about Nunes are allowed to fly, which to me is mind-blowing. Let's, uh, let's read a little bit more. They say, Mr. Parnas learned from former Ukrainian prosecutor General Viktor Shokin that Nunes had met with Shokin in Vienna last December. Nunes had told Shokin that of the urgent need to launch investigations into Burisma, Joe and Hunter Biden, and any purported Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election. How is that dirt on Joe Biden trying to weed out corruption? CNN claims that Bondi told them that Parnas and Nunes allegedly began communicating with each other around the same time of the Vienna trip, and that Parnas worked to put Nunes in contact with Ukrainian officials that could dig up dirt on Biden and Democrats in Ukraine. Let's walk back a second. Here's the story. CNN, without evidence, is alleging they were told by a lawyer that the lawyer was told by Parnas that Parnas was told by Shokin that Shokin had met with Nunes. You know what, man? I feel really, really bad for anybody who believes this. But I don't, I don't know what you do, you know? There are a lot of people who don't pay attention. And so they're walking through an airport, they're in a hotel lobby, and they see CNN and they go, wow. Duh. Ugh. And then they go and vote. And then these are the, you know, I will say, however, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen come 2020, but I do find it interesting. They're, they're, you know, look, these moderate Democrats, they ran on health care. They ran on moderate policy, helping the American people. And now all they're doing is screeching orange man bad. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how the average American feels. I can tell you how I feel, but I felt this way even before. Like, I think the obsession with Trump is psychotic. I wonder if moderates feel the same way, that they were betrayed by these Democrats who said they were going to do right. You know, look, man, I'd absolutely be willing to vote for a moderate Democrat if they were going to, you know, uh, actually fight for policy changes. I'm not anymore. I'm still willing to vote for Tulsi Gabbard, for sure, because she's definitely another outside player. But, you know, I'm, I'm even, I'm, I'm about ready to say just no to everybody. You know why? I know that no matter who I vote for, this is the game they're going to play. Look, I don't believe that the moment the Democrats lose the House, you know, assuming they do, that Republicans are going to get anything done. Trump said he wanted a wall, and when Republicans controlled the House, they didn't get anything done. They couldn't pass it. It was, it was nuts. It's insane. And I'm, and I'm not entirely convinced that a lot of these Republican players aren't willing to play the same dirty games once they take the majority or once Trump leaves or whatever. I'm just, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've lost faith in all of it. And I'll tell you what's the scariest thing. The scary thing is not hyper-partisanship for the most part. What's truly scary is a loss of confidence in the American system. And that's alarming, that people are, are, are not believing their vote counts. Now, for, for, we had low voter, turnout, low, low voter turnout for a while, and that's scary because it means people are losing confidence in the system. Then we had, which I could only call the, the death throes, um, or, or um, the, the, what's, what's it called? The uh, death gasp, like when people are dying, like, like that, that, that was the 2016 election. We had a really big voter turnout, and we're expecting a very large voter turnout. 
But it, it's kind of to me like when somebody is on their deathbed, all of a sudden they become vibrant and energetic just before they die. It's like the last, the last, just, you know, I think the big burst of people voting was an attempt to, to say that they didn't have faith in the system. So they voted for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was the outsider who was coming in to, to, as that bull through the ivory tower to say enough of whatever this is. To me, it sounds like things are falling apart. And the reason we're seeing a big uptick in voter turnout is not because people are now gaining confidence the system works. No, it's the last ditch effort to, to make a difference. And that's why it was Bernie and Trump, two outsiders. Now, Bernie's played the establishment game and gone full throttle. I'm not into it. But man, I can only imagine... This kind of stuff, it's nuts, you know, and, and, I, and I have to imagine there are a lot of Democrats who voted for a moderate and now see that they were betrayed. You know, I couldn't imagine you vote for these moderate Democrats, assuming they're going to get in there. They're going to start fixing health care. And what do they do as soon as they get in? They turn around and say, nope, it's, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like I'll, 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 I'll leave you with this thought. Imagine this. You elected a moderate Democrat from your district because they told you they were going to cast the ring of orange man bad into the fires of Mordor. And once you got up and you're standing there and they're holding that ring, the orange man bad bad narrative, they told you they were going to focus on real issues. And they're sitting there standing at the cliff over the lava, the, 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 the molten whatever of the volcano in Mordor. And they're holding the ring, and you're standing back there as uh, what's 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 Elrond? Was that the elf's name? Lord of the Rings reference. I hope you get it. And you're you're the voter yelling to the Democrat, cast the narrative into the fire, vote for sane policy. And then what's his name? I'm, I'm, I, all the Lord of the Rings fans are getting mad at me for forgetting the name. But he turns around and he looks at the ring of Orange Man Bad and goes, no. And then he walks out. And then for a thousand years, that's what it reminds me of. It's like you said, I want you to be that person to finally cast into the flames the insanity, the fake news, the garbage. And then once they stood there looking around, they saw the power they had. No. And they walked out. And here we are. Nothing getting done. Nothing getting done. Welcome to the... And you're paying for it. Isn't that great? Like, we're all, we're all paying for this. Thank, thank you, CNN. I gotta say, man, my, my patience is wearing thin. You know, yesterday on my main channel, I did a video about a leftist getting a vasectomy because I was like, I knew it wasn't going to do like, like most people probably wouldn't care. But I'm like, am I going to say the same thing every day? We're, we're on year, f- we're going into year four now of the same orange man scandal narrative. Now they're dragging Nunes into it because they're really desperate. And I'm like, Is it just, I'm just going say to say it again. Like, oh no, like bad news for Democrats. Yeah, it's, it's constant bad news. And guess what? Today, it's the same thing investigations into Joe Biden. The Democrats are, 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 are chasing themselves off a cliff. It's just the same thing every day. These people are, are psychotic. They've, they've lost their minds. We'll see if Nunes sues. I'll leave, it, uh, I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. Michael Bloomberg is set to take out possibly the largest political campaign ever seen, eclipsing Barack Obama's $30 million with $34 million in anti-Trump commercials over the span of one week. And guess who is outraged? Well, it might be Donald Trump. I haven't really seen anything from him about this, but it's actually Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders. You'd think both of them would be kind of cool with Bloomberg doing them this big favor as a billionaire dumping all of this money into anti-Trump ads. But sure enough, surprise it. Well, not super surprising to me, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm 
you know, I, I agree with him to an extent, but I'm, I'm not surprised at all that Bernie has come out and slammed Bloomberg over this move. And I got to say, uh, credit where credit is due, much respect to Sanders. So, so here's what the first, here's the first thing we got to do. We got to take a look at exactly what Bloomberg thinks he's going to be doing. He has, he apparently hasn't announced he's officially running yet, but this is huge. This is, you know, you've got to hand it to Bernie and, and AOC for at least coming out and saying, if we're going to campaign against billionaires interfering in politics, you've got to call out Bloomberg too. And I will always be the first to give credit to somebody when they're upholding, you know, when they're doing the right thing. Bloomberg thinks he's going to dump all of this money into the 2020 election to try and swing it away from Trump. And that's essentially a billionaire with no support thinking he has a right to go after Trump. Mind you, Trump, also a billionaire, did not spend that much money in 2016. Let's read. The Daily Mail says Michael Bloomberg, who is mulling a run for the Democratic presidential nomination, will spend $34 million to run just one week of ads bashing Donald Trump, according to a new report. The ad campaign is slated to run nearly nationwide beginning on Monday and comes one day after Bloomberg filed paperwork creating a presidential campaign committee, according to Politico. It's possible This may be part of his announcement, too. It might end with him saying he's running. But let me tell you one more big, important detail before we read on. Right now, at newsrooms across the country, all of these, all the people who run the business side of things are are cracking open the cigar box and laughing. You know why? That $34 million ad buy is going into their pockets, and they love it. Donald Trump is pure gold. But guess what? A lot of these ad buys probably won't focus on the Orange Man Bad Networks. Why buy anti-Trump ads on a website that's already anti-Trump? No, this money is going to be going into the pockets of people who like Trump, especially YouTubers. So full disclosure, I know this because my videos are always kind of like, eh, Trump's not that bad. He, you know, you're going to see people like Bloomberg and their advertisers definitely wanting a piece of my content. Now I can't say for sure, YouTube handles all the advertisements. I have no idea what ads you're being served. But don't be surprised if you start seeing very, very anti-Trump ads appearing on my videos. Because I'll tell you what, I can criticize Trump for legitimate things. And I can defend him when the media lies. And that's what they want to break. Bloomberg is trying to essentially, well, I don't know where he's buying. But these ad buys are designed to target content like this. For, and, and especially, you're going to see a ton of pro-Trump channels be inundated with these. This is, part, this is part of the big problem with YouTube. You can't necessarily control what ads appear on your content, which means where if you were like CNN and CNN has done this, they've rejected ads from Trump saying no, you know, and that's where Trump needs to target people. He needs to run those ads on channels where they're smearing him so he can counter. That's kind of the reason why it's so hard to sue public figures, because the argument is public figures can use their platform to push back. Not if they reject your ads. I know it's not the only way to push back, but not if they do that. For YouTube, because we have very little control for the most part, don't be surprised if all of the conservative channels on YouTube, or at least the, the, at least the ones that aren't screeching Orange Man bad 24-7, are going to be inundated with Bloomberg talking about why he is actually bad. But you know what? Hey, man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you straight up. I welcome. I welcome the money, Bloomberg. Please, please send ads my way because I am very much in favor of people getting a healthy viewership diet. If someone's going to watch my video and you want to run an ad countering that opinion, I think that's really, really good for people. And it's also great. Then they're going to see your ad and they're going to watch me talk. And then people can choose for themselves the way it should be. So bravo. That's why, you know, I'll slam CNN over this because they canceled the Trump ads. They said, or they refused to allow them to run. It's like, let people decide. 
You know, why block it? Sure, take the money. And you know, a, a lot of people are going to say, they, they always try to play the game where it's like, simply because you've accepted money from somebody, it, it proves you're for or against. It's like, dude, get out of here, man. I'm going to keep doing what I do. I have no idea if his ads will, will run on my channel or otherwise, but don't be surprised if you see them. And I'm more than happy to accept, you know, money so that, you know, he can, he can counter an opinion. That's, that's, that's the way things should be. You should be listening to as much as possible. And, you sh- and, and, and I'll tell you what, man. Brian Stelter on CNN said not to listen to, to the other side. You got to be, be wary of anybody tells you not to listen to anybody else. And so I'll always end by saying, listen to Bloomberg, listen to Bernie, listen to Cortez, listen to Brian Stelter, form your own opinion, and make sure you listen to us on YouTube and other uh, independent creators. Watch CNN and watch Fox News, and then you'll figure out for yourself what makes more sense. Let's, let's read on. Bloomberg is worth $52 billion, according to Forbes, and reportedly plans to spend up to $500 million of his fortune seeking the presidency. The gargantuan ad buy is possibly the largest one-week spend in U.S. political history, eclipsing the $30 million then-President Barack Obama dropped in a week while seeking re-election in 2012. So you get the point. Bloomberg, he's playing games. But guess what? Common Dreams, a left-wing progressive website, running this story. I'm disgusted. Sanders says Bloomberg's $30 million ad purchase, just latest example of billionaire trying to buy an election. If you can't build grassroots support for your candidacy, you have no business running for president. The American people are sick and tired of the power of billionaires. And that, my friends, is exactly why Bernie Sanders supporters flipped for Trump. Because I will tell you what, Trump did earn his grassroots support. Trump didn't spend that much money. I think Trump had like a record low spend relative to inflation. He spent very little money. and People were shocked by that because of how much money Barack Obama did spend. Bernie Sanders coming out and, dis- being, and saying he's disgusted by Bloomberg when Bloomberg is actually going to be helping Sanders. I got I, I, applause right there. You know what, man? Sanders deserves credit. He does. There, there's, I'll tell you exactly why I like the guy and why so many people still do. For one, a lot of people who like him literally are just socialists and far left. But think about this kind of rhetoric in the, in the, in the world of politics. And I got to give him credit for this. And AOC too. I think AOC is duplicitous, but I'll give her credit on this one. Here's the thing, man. At that debate, not, not the last one that nobody watched, but the one before that, people kept asking Elizabeth Warren how she's going to pay for this Medicare for all plan. And she wouldn't say she was going to tax people. And everyone's like, just admit it. Stop beating around the bush. Tell us what you're going to do. And she wouldn't. She was like, there, no, I, I, we're going to tax the rich. Bernie finally goes, we are going to raise taxes on the middle class. We are, but you should see costs go down. It's like, thank you. And you know, the problem is, the fear that, like, you know, Warren has is that they'll take that and they'll run with the headline saying we're raising your taxes. But I got to say, I credit to Bernie for just coming out and saying, like, this is it, man. The problem is, I think Bernie is, you know, while he can be honest in some regards and he was in 2016, he's also very dishonest in other regards. He's, he's totally towing a lot of the establishment talking points. I would say that Bernie compromised when he endorsed Hillary Clinton when he said white people don't know what it's like to be poor. So, you know, he's, you're, you're not going to like, listen, man, when you want to play those games, don't expect any support from me. And I will, oh, and, and I will be the first to admit, you know, I, right, right now I'm a big fan of Tulsi, but she deserves criticism too, especially over impeachment. But she has said a lot of important things. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll say, you know, I got to be honest, there are some things I'm really opposed to. A lot of her, uh, her base was upset when she endorsed reparations, a lot of people were just like, that's not the answer. But, uh, but I, I still lean in her favor, at least a little bit. But hey, man, 
You got to you got to you got to you got to stay on the integrity path. And I think at, at the very least, you see Bernie Sanders. He's, in my opinion, leaning too far into establishment BS. But let, let's actually read the story and see what he said. Senator Bernie Sanders late Friday strongly condemned reports that billionaire businessman and former New York City Mayor Bloomberg uh, is going to be dumping $30 million out of his own pocket on a single week. He said, I'm a little old fashioned. I believe in democracy. One person, one vote. Sanders, a Democratic presidential candidate, said in a statement, I'm disgusted by the idea that Michael Bloomberg or any other billionaire thinks they can circumvent the political process and spend tens of millions of dollars to buy our elections. Bravo, man. Even if Bloomberg is doing it to defeat Trump, Sanders says, nah, still no, still no. I Tremendous respect. It's just the latest example of a rigged political system that we are going to change when we are in the White House. If you can't build grassroots support for your candidacy, you have no business running for president. The American people are sick and tired of the power of billionaires, and I suspect they won't react well to someone trying to buy an election. Hear, hear. As the New York Times reported, the scope of Mr. Bloomberg's ad buy is staggering. It is more than all of Mr. Bloomberg's potential rivals, other than the other billionaire, Tom Steyer, have spent on television ads all year in one week. The Times noted, and about double what Senator Cory Booker has raised in donations from February through the end of September. Think about this, man. You've got all of these people trying to convince Americans, with your support, I will be elected. I need you to put your money where your mouth is and send a donation. Bloomberg, who, you know, respectfully, he's earned his money from other, other ventures. I can respect that. Is now snapping his fingers and saying, it doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter what you can do. You can't reach enough people. Your message can't reach enough people. I can snap my fingers and outspend all of you. I got to admit, it's one of the things I think is a huge problem in this country. I want to see, you know, using Tulsi Gabbard as an example. I think one of the, one of the, one of the main reasons why I really, really would like to see her uh, succeed is because the wars that we engage in overseas is the first waste of money. Now, I get it, right? We got issues with Russia and China. We, okay, but come on, man. There was, there was a story like a long time ago about the army saying we fulfilled our quota on tanks. We don't need them. And Congress being like, here's money for it anyway. That, that to me makes, is, is absurd. I get it. We overspend on military. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about healthcare and infrastructure in this country. Why don't you talk about how much infrastructure we're building in Afghanistan and how much, and, 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 and stop spending that money over there. We're, we're so concerned about nation building in other places. We're letting Detroit and California fall apart. So look, man, I think you can bypass a lot of the arguments, left, right, taxes, whatever, when you're just like, listen, man, we're already taxing people. How about we just take that money we use to blow up kids and we go and we fix some streets in Detroit. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound better for everybody? No new taxes. Just take, admittedly, the amount of money we're spending overseas is not nearly enough for healthcare, but hey, we could at least spend that money over here. That should be the first argument anybody makes. So that, that's one of the main reasons I do like what Tulsi is saying. After that, look, we can debate, we can argue about taxing what, where, and why. We can argue about intervention versus peace, all that stuff. But come on, man. Instead of talking about who we should be taxing, why don't we talk about where our tax money is already going, weed out the bloat and the corruption, and recognize we have the capacity to solve these problems. So, so you know, in the end, I, I, I won't go on too long, but actually, no, no, I think there's a, I don't have the tweet from AOC. Actually, I think it's over here. Uh, Bernie, Sanders, Bernie Sanders and AOC both responded. AOC said, I'm an unusual, in an unusual departure from the rest of the primary field, Bloomberg's running on putting money into politics with a winky face. 
great, good call outs. Like, seriously, you know, look, Trump didn't need billions of dollars to win. Trump just had to be himself. And he was aggressive and he was bombastic. And the American people, hey, you know what? He, he, he played the rules. And although you can say he lost the popular vote, he knew what he needed to say. He knew the game. He knew the rules. He won. He knew exactly how to be the president that Americans wanted to elect because we are an electoral college system. We don't operate on the popular vote. That would be very, you know, it's it's complicated. They're they're trying to get rid of the electoral college. I get it. But you know what? If you can win off grassroots efforts, then I think you deserve it. And I think it's a serious problem. Elitism is bad. You know, I I know that I think Tucker Carlson did a a segment about what's wrong with elitism. Let let me break it down because I think I think the semantics play a big role in a lot of these arguments first. Tucker said diversity is not a strength in a segment. But what he's, what, he's, what he's missing is that the twisted leftist version of diversity is true. It's not a strength. Real diversity is different worldviews and opinions coming together and arguing to suss out what makes more sense and what is better. That is a strength. But can, you know, two different cultures butting heads. Well, that's war. That's not strength, right? That's, that's a, divi- a division. And united we stand. So there, there, I understand his point. But he also said that, you know, elitism is like the best ruling. No, no, no. Here's the thing meritocracy is what we want. Was what we want. Now, Bernie and some of these other leftists don't really believe in that, but that's a whole other issue. Meritocracy is not elitism. Okay. Elitism is when somebody is born to, to a wealthy grandfather. You know, the grandfather builds a company. Then he has a, he has a son who inherits the money. Then he has a son who gets all these, gets access. I'll tell you what elitism is. Elitism is Hunter Biden getting a job at Burisma with no qualifications. Okay, that's elitism. Nah, I'm not all about that. I do not want some some crack dude like you know they found crack in his car, whatever. I don't even know what the story is, something like that. And 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 then he's like cheating on he cheats on his wife with like his dead brother's widow. Like, why is this guy getting all of this money just because? That's elitism. No dice. I don't want to play that game. Okay, I want to see real people earn their keep. I have no problem if you inherit money. If your parents did a great job and and made the world and and built a beautiful industry and then pass that money down to you, that's that's fine. But we do have to recognize that we can set some limits on people like Bloomberg dumping money into the race because he knows he can't actually beat Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders, got to hand it to you because Bernie has taken the high road here. He'd be better off just, you know, shutting up and saying, sure, you know, smear Trump, because Bloomberg's not going to pull above Bernie. This money is essentially a win-win uh, as far as Bernie's concerned. It's, bo- it's going to boot. It's going to knock down Trump. Bloomberg's not going to win. Bernie takes the cake. But Bernie took a principled position on this one. I can respect that. I got to say, man, I don't know. I don't know uh, what the solution is. That's often the case with a lot of these things. And I, 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 always, I, I never want to pretend to be smarter than everybody else. But I got to say, at least in my opinion, based on what I see, we've got to figure out a way to restrict this kind of, of action. And I, I don't know what the answer is because certainly you're free to speak. And if you have money, you're free to spend it and put it where you want. But I do not like the idea of crony, you know, people like Hunter Biden of all people getting access to all of these things. I know he's not running for office, but come on, you see how this game is played. Now his dad's going to become president. Who knows what Biden's going to end up doing if that's the case? It's soft corruption. And this is what the elites get. They, you, you get someone who gets in power, they make a ton of money, and power attracts power. Money attracts money. The more money you have, the easier it is to get money. You get some, you, this is what these people do. This is why so many people in Congress and the Senate are rich. And it shouldn't be that way. 
So I know a lot of people rag on AOC over being a bartender. And I'm like, hey, man, look, I think she's ignorant on a lot of things. I think she's bombastic and she creates a lot of problems. Very similar to Donald Trump in a lot of ways. But I, I, have, I have much more respect for her as having been a bartender, bartender who, who broke into the system than, than Michael Bloomberg or these other crony Democrats like Nancy Pelosi. I think the ideas that Bernie and AOC have can be, you know, I don't know, ill-planned. But you know what, man? I don't know. I just, I just feel that when you have a system where the people who have money start paying other people and, and, and pushing for their own benefit, lobbying in ways, you know, revolving door policies. I, I, I work at this company and then I quit and then I get elected, you know, I get appointed to this position. Ah, oh, man, no, 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 no. You can rag on Donald Trump all you want for being a Republican billionaire who won, but we know he's an outsider. And I can understand why, why people really were split between Bernie and Trump. They were populists. They were talking about ending these, you know, fighting for the American worker, ending these bad trade agreements. And Bernie lost support. Or I should say when Bernie didn't win, a bunch of his supporters did vote for Trump. It's 12 to 18 percent because they were talking about the workers. Now, Trump has some bad ideas. Of course, I think it'd be absurd to assume every idea he had was good. And Bernie has some bad ideas. It'd be absurd to think every one of his ideas is good. Certainly, they're staunch supporters of both who will be adamant. But I think in the end, what you see with Bernie... And, and not so much today. I, I got to admit, I think he's done a lot of things that are not principled. And I think he's played the game. He endorsed Hillary. That was, that was disgusting as far as I'm concerned. But you can still see with things like this why people are, are, are you know, in support of him versus somebody else. Look at Warren. She came right out the gate for Hillary. She has Hillary Clinton wearing a Bernie Sanders mask as far as I'm concerned. I, I, in the end, I'll tell you what you can expect. I don't know. I won't pretend to know. What I can tell you is, with all of these extremely frustrating debates in politics, everyone arguing they know the truth, throwing mud at each other, two different screens showing, you know, different realities. For me, I'm like, can I trust you? Can I trust you that you will actually do your best to help this country? Do you love America? Do you want to see people succeed? I look at Bernie Sanders, and I, I used to see that. Today, I see him playing politics. And while I still see some things that are worthy of, you know, respect and credit, I just see him playing politics. I look at Tulsi and I say, I agree with her on the war front for sure. And, I, and she stepped down from the DNC. She has been attacked relentlessly. And I say, you know what? I disagree with a lot of these, these things proposed, but I, I do trust you. And I hope you do the right thing. And, and, my, and, my, and whether or not I support someone moving, and, and Yang too, I, I really do think Yang, I, I, I trust him. I, I do. He's an outsider as well. But anyway, I'll leave it there. I don't trust Bloomberg. I'll say that. Um, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't know. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. The media has consistently been biased against Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, Bernie Sanders, and of course, for most of you, you know, they're always biased against Trump, but they're also biased against these individuals. And I think it's fair to point out all of them, including Trump, they're all outsiders. Now, I'll be honest. Trump, he's bombastic. He makes it easy for them to go after him, albeit a lot of what they say is just outright unfair. Andrew Yang, on the other hand, hey, he's a Democrat. They should support him. Tulsi Gabbard, what about her? Bernie Sanders, he's really popular. No, they all get the short end of the stick. They're all routinely smeared, lied about. Now, admittedly, I think Bernie gets like the least of it, but he does. The media is absolutely biased against him. They prop up Warren and Biden way more than Bernie. But Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, well, I think Tulsi gets it the worst out of the Democrats. Trump gets it the, wor gets it the worst out of everybody. 
But there is there is absolute man. I got to tell you, as somebody who's a a, a, a a staunch critic of the media, man, I felt and and it was a wonderful high when I saw these tweets from Andrew Yang, who just nuked MSNBC from orbit. He said they think we need them. We don't. Bravo, good sir. Bravo. Now look, Trump rags on the media all the time, and there is some satisfaction in that. I can't stand the lies. But to now see, you know, we, we've had uh, to have all of these people come out now saying straight up, Andrew, Andrew Yang saying, I'm not going to go on your channel anymore. I don't need to. We don't need you. That's right. The old guard is on the way out. Let's read this story. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll read his tweets and then I've got a story for you. Andrew Yang tweeted, was asked to appear on MSNBC this weekend and told them that I'd be happy to after they apologize on air, discuss and include our campaign consistent with our polling and allow surrogates from our campaign as they do with other candidates. They think we need them. We don't. They've omitted me from their graphics 12 plus times, called me John Yang on air and giving me a fraction of the speaking time over two debates, despite my polling higher than other candidates on stage. At some point, you have to call it. The whole time we have gotten stronger. This is actually bad for MSNBC. It will only get worse after I make the next debates and keep rising in the polls. The people are smarter than MSNBC would like to think. If you'd like, to, if you'd like to fuel our message and make sure we reach people, and he goes, he calls for a fundraiser. So if you like Yang, I've done it to Yang in the past. I like the guy. I don't think he's going to win. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm a realist, not an idealist. But I, I do like the idea of having him on stage talking about these issues. And Yang has improved dramatically. So I'll tell you what: Trump's criticisms of the press only go so far. They treat him like another, and it's meaningless to many Democrats. But what do you think happens then when a Democrat? Granted, I know he's not a politician, but he's running as a Democrat, comes out and says, MSNBC thinks y'all are dumb. We don't need them. Bravo, good sir. Now, uh, for, good, for good measure, I will include this response from Stick Sex and Hammer, who I, I have uh, respect for. He's a YouTuber. And he said, you're irrelevant, Yang. Just face it. Pretending to be persecuted when you're running in a distant sixth place is pretty cringe. I disagree, good sir, Sticks. Andrew Yang is likely not going to win. I can respect that. But come on, man. The media is biased and we all know it. Okay, you don't got to be a fan of Yang. That's fine. But this is not made up persecution. This is the media towing the line for the establishment every step of the way. Now, they give Bernie some slack, but they do leave him out of graphics, too. They're clearly trying to prop up the crony establishment players. After the years of complete insane BS from MSNBC having to do with Russia nonsense, I welcome any and all individuals to drop the hammer and nuke them from or, or nuke them from orbit. But I'll tell you what, to have someone like Yang, who has a lot of Democratic support, not the most, sixth place, fine, but a lot of people on the left are, are following him. And when he says this, it means something. They're not going to listen to Trump, right? Trump supporters will listen to him. Maybe some, you know, a lot of independents will listen to Trump. But Yang's going to capture a lot of that Democrat audience when they're getting angry, not how the media is full of it. So he, that brings me to the next story. Why the media dislike Andrew, Tulsi, Bernie, and Marianne. This is from Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball is a former MSNBC personality who calls it like it is. I have tremendous respect. She was, I, I believe this would happen. She was on Bill Maher and she said MSNBC has done uh, a, a ton of damage to, to the Democratic Party by pushing the insanity or to the left, I should say. I'll, 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 I'll frame it the way I would like to frame it. MSNBC has, has done irreparable damage to the left in this country. By pushing the insane Russia gate nonsense, they have created a network of individuals who believe crazy conspiracy theories. And guess what? You now have high profile personalities who are convinced Russia lurking around every corner, Putin, 
Putin in my tool shed. <gasps> He's coming. Everything's Russians. And it's fake news. And it's certainly not MSNBC who's the only app, you know, player doing this. But there are tons of other channels that do this as well. Let's read this story and see what, what uh, uh, Chris has to say about why the media is biased against him. But I want to do something special for this video. There is a comic book called Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. This is not a sponsored spot. I am doing this of my own volition because the individual Brent Langle, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, who wrote this, well, he's actually uh, someone who disagrees with me quite uh, uh, severely politically. We argue all the time on Facebook and we, we just, we really, really disagree. I'd call him a leftist, but I think he would reject that, but I think he's an anarchist. Anyway, he said to me that I'm pushing Republican talking points, that I'm wrong, tribalism, all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, we may be people who completely disagree politically, but I checked out his comic book, Zombie Apocalypse, no, Snow White Zombie Apocalypse, because I like Zombie Apocalypse content and I thought it was an interesting take on it. And it was pretty good. Uh, uh, I, it's, 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 I don't know, it's not the biggest comic book in the world. It's not like a novel or anything, but it's a comic book. It was fun and funny. And it's like, I don't want to give away too much of it. But the reason I'm shouting this out is because when, when it comes to politics, too much of our, 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 uh, too, too many of us assume that we all hate each other because we disagree. And so I thought it would be relevant to do a shout out for him just because, you know, it's a sign of respect. The content is good. And this is something that I think when it comes to, I don't know, zombies and like entertainment, this is the kind of stuff that brings us together. It's, it's a commonality. We enjoy this content. Politics should be secondary for the most part. But the, and so, so, so check it out. I'll put the link in the description. Um, I, I, I wanted to do this because too much of our political rhetoric, as I stated, is us at each other's throats. When in the end, it's like, man, can't we just crack a beer and, and talk about zombies and stuff and have a good time? And so I, I wanted to do that as, a, as kind of a sign of respect and, you know, something more unifying and more upbeat. And I thought it was relevant to, to this video because I think the issue of media bias against Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, Bernie and Marianne, Marianne is something that Trump supporters absolutely can, can empathize with. And I've made that point so many times that like, as someone who's a fan of Tulsi, seeing her be attacked by Hillary Clinton and smeared in the press... The meme that came up when this happened was the, the James Franco in the noose looking over and it says like when Tulsi is smeared by the media and he looks over, he's like first time, like Trump supporters know exactly what it's like. So, so I thought it would be cool to do a shout out for his content. If, if you think it's a cool, you know, check it out. In no way was I paid for this. Uh, I, I'm just trying to make it like, um, you know what, man, Crystal Ball is like a Bernie supporter. She's pretty on the left. And we probably disagree on a lot of policy issues, but I think if we can come together around our shared experiences and what we enjoy, man, things will be better. And this is where we can get Crystal Ball on principle calling out the media for their BS. She says, CNN recently displayed a curious graphic. It looked ordinary enough, a listing on, uh, of top Democratic presidential candidates in a new national poll, but with a glaring omission. The graphic listed what appeared to be the top six candidates, except it didn't get it quite right. Rather than listing the sixth place candidate, Andrew Yang, who was polling at 3%, it skipped right over him and instead introduced former rep Beto O'Rourke, who had garnered only 1% in the poll. Yang was left off entirely. Now, this may be chalked up to a simple error if it seemingly weren't part of a persistent pattern of ignoring Yang's candidacy. One of Yang's supporters, Scott Santons, has been keeping track of the apparent slights via Twitter. An MSNBC graphic with other candidates polling at 2%, but not Yang. Oddly unbalanced graphics that seem to include just enough candidates to get it to the media favorites, but exclude Yang. As Axios recently pointed out, Yang is sixth in the polling average, yet 14th in terms of the number of articles written about his candidacy. Now, let me just put it this way. You gotta, as I stated earlier, think about the people who are MSNBC viewers who are getting frustrated and angry. Dare I say it? United 
We may slay the fake news beast. Trump says the media is full of dishonest people. Guess what? Tulsi supporters, Yang supporters, Marianne supporters, they're standing right there with you. Or if not, they should be. Okay? It's not about whether or not Trump is good or bad or you like the president or not. It's about the fact that he's telling you the truth. The establishment corporate media players exclude the people we want to hear from. Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, may not be the best, certainly not perfect, probably not going to win. I don't care. Play by the rules. We are all doing what we think is right. And so when I see, I, I actually even like Marianne, I donated, I donated a couple bucks to her, and I'll tell you why. Marianne tried so hard to avoid orange man bad narratives. She tried being positive. And man, did they push her out quick. They don't like any of these people. They don't like Bernie. Bernie's not your, your crony establishment Democrat, though I definitely see, uh, in my opinion, I think he's trying to be. So I'm not, I, I like Andrew Yang and Tulsi and Marianne. Bernie, I do like, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bernie's done, he endorsed Hillary. He's done too much. I'm not, not, not going there. But I think, Man, I I hope this video resonates with everybody. And and that's kind of the point. That's why I want to do the shout out for the comic book. I want to say to those on the left, listen, man, whether whether you view yourself as someone on the left or not or on the right, whatever, the media is being run by corporate interests. It's always been the case. Not always, but more recently. Back during Occupy, we knew the media was biased against the activists on the left. Why did that change? That shouldn't change. If you're a fan of these individuals, you got to recognize how the media is playing games. If you're a Bernie supporter, how could you disagree when Trump says the press is, is the enemy of the people? I know that's a bit hyperbolic. I don't like, I don't like Trump saying that. But come on, to a certain degree, you recognize while Trump may be exaggerating and a bit bombastic, he's not lying when he says the media is full of dishonest people, man. They keep Yang out. They keep Tulsi out. They keep Bernie out. They keep Marianne out. If all of these individuals got all of his supporters together with Trump supporters and they said enough to the media, maybe we could actually do something. I don't know, though. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you get the point. Um, if you like the video, consider sharing it. And maybe we can spread this message that there are enough people on the left who know the media is trying to shut them out, but they can't. Not if we're all pointing it out. You don't got to be a fan of Bernie. I criticize him. I'll criticize Trump. But I can recognize that with Bernie supporters, Trump supporters, Tulsi supporters, Andrew, whatever, putting our our hands together and saying enough, we could probably make a difference. Imagine this. Imagine if Trump said, I'm not going to do debates with the mainstream media. And he went to alternative platforms. He went to sites like The Hill that are willing willing to defend these candidates. And he actually engaged with these other candidates. Imagine what would happen. If Donald Trump said, who, you know, imagine if Biden wins the primary and Trump says, I'm not going to debate him, but I will debate Yang. Biden will drop in the polls so fast because Trump has that power. People want to see what Trump's going to say. They don't care about anybody else. Trump could easily push the media out. We don't need them. If we all came together, we could take this away from the crony establishment. I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got a couple more segments in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden is the real front runner is lying. Joe Biden literally told people, and I know sarcastically, but he did. He said, you should vote for Trump. (laughs) What are you thinking, dude? Take that out of context. And Joe Biden is hereby campaigning on behalf of President Donald Trump. No, he's not. But seriously, when you're dealing with constituents, the last thing you want to say is, well, then you should vote for the other guy because they'll do it. So here's what happens. He had an activist who was criticizing him over the deportations during the Obama era. The story from USA Today, Joe Biden tells activist, you should vote for Trump. Well, you know what? A lot of people are going to do it. Thanks, Joe. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden 
told an attendee at a South Carolina town hall Thursday evening you should vote for Trump after being criticized for deportations during the Obama administration. The immigration activist had started off by translating questions asked in Spanish by another attendee who asked if the former vice president would stop all deportations immediately upon taking office if elected. Biden responded, no, I will not stop all deportations. I will prioritize deportations. Only people who have committed a felony or serious crime. I want to stop there. I'll give some respect to Joe Biden over this. I disagree with with his idea of prioritizing. I I, I think it's actually important. We should definitely first be getting rid of the criminals. But he said, no, I'm not going to stop deportations. He could have lied. He could have just said, you betcha, I'll do whatever you say. Just please vote for me. But he didn't. He actually said, I'm not going to do that. So I'll give him respect. The activist identified by a CNN reporter as Carlos Rojas later continued by telling Biden he had volunteered for former President Barack Obama's campaign in 08, but was disheartened by the number of deportations during his presidency. Quote, the fact is that over those eight years, there were three million people that were deported and separated from their families. Oh, too bad. I'm sorry, man. I I sympathize. I do. I empathize. I'm sorry you are separated from your family. But I've got to stress the will of this country and the American people is as follows. A law is in place. You can't do these things without defying the will of the American people. You have no right. Your, what your, your desires do not supersede the will of the American people. If you would like to ask Joe Biden to advocate for changing those laws, I can respect that. But the American people disagree. And when you bring people here in violation of the law, you are, you are acting in complete disdain and disrespect for the American people. If we change the law, fine. But so far, the law hasn't changed. And there may be people who disagree. But most Americans agree on our immigration laws. You have no right to complain that the people who broke the law and violated the will of this country are somehow in a, in, should, should be pro- like protected beyond you know, uh, the, the laws of this country. You get deported. You broke the law. This is a, this is a country for America, for Americans. OK, you want to change the laws? Fine. But you can't. To me, it's absurd. Cutting Rojas off, Biden said, you should vote for Trump. You should vote for Trump. He said it twice. <laughs> He's going to do it. No, no, I'm not going to do that, Rojas responded. Man, that's, that's, you know what, man? This is what I've said. If Biden is the moderate front runner, and even he is pushing people away saying, fine, go vote for Trump. That's all I hear all day. It's like, dude, do you want my vote or not? Like, I am begging Democrats, like, please give me a reason to vote for you. So what do they do? They smear, they lie, they cheat, and they steal. You know what, man? You should vote for Trump, Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden, I can't believe he said that. Biden said that those who commit felonies should be deported. No matter what happens, somebody who commits murder should be deported. He continued to say that there will be no family separations under his administration, to which some audience members said that's a lie. It is a lie. And you know what? Tell the truth. There absolutely will be. If you are a legal citizen of this country, you will not be deported. If you bring a family member here illegally, they will. And you should probably face a consequence for violating the law. I'll tell you right now, man, if you want reform, go for it. If you want to lobby Congress to change the law, please do. Until then, this is not the way. Now, I recognize law does not, is not synonymous with justice. It does not mean it's fair. Okay, that requires activism and politicking. Please do that. To an extent, you can purposefully be, you know, engage in civil disobedience. But still, the law is what it is, and the law can be changed. If you want to argue that during the civil rights era, the law was a law, I agree. The law back then was bad. We changed it. Great. You want to change it? Go change it. And then when it's legal, we'll be done with this. But to tell Joe Biden to violate the law and the will of the people is, is absurd. 
Imagine if the president came out and said, here's the law. We're going to, you know, we're going to do whatever we're going to do whatever we want, regardless of what the law is. We'd be like, that's lawlessness. Like, imagine if someone passed a law saying Trump couldn't, you know, uh, solicit help from Ukraine. And then Trump was like, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Wouldn't you be angry about that? Yet we don't want the president violating the law. The law needs to be changed first. Crowd members chanted not one more deportation, preventing Biden from continuing to speak for several moments. You know what, man? This is what you get. They say uh, San, uh, Bernie Sanders, another 2020 candidate, commented on Twitter, Joe Biden may not want the votes of those concerned about immigrant rights, but I do. Join our movement for justice. And they will. And, and uh, you know, Biden is not the front runner, man. He may be because of these polls. Look at, <laughs> look at this story. Joe Biden hints at female VP, but can't remember any prospects' names. We've all seen Joe Biden. We've all seen him struggle to talk, stutter, stammer. You know what's really funny about Biden is that he often just stops. What he, like, dude, he's, he's clearly in grandpa mode. He's out of it. He's in bad shape. Joe Biden does this thing where he'll be like, listen, we got we to gotta deal with the real issues here in this country. And I'm telling you. It's a, and anyway, um, I'm sorry, my time is up. It's like he just stops. There was one, one thing he did the last debate where he was like, getting to a point that apparently like just like just like lost his train of thought and then petered off and then just changed the subject. And he was like, I think when, when it, you know, when it comes to, to, to this immigration, we got to make sure that we any, anyway, um, uh, we, we need jobs in this country. It's like, dude, did you have a, a thought you were like, no, he's clearly not all there, right? He's not somebody who has the ability to just, you know, talk. So uh, it's not just that. Aside from telling people to go vote for Trump, which may be the stupidest thing a candidate could ever do, well, vote for the other guy if you don't like me. They will. People will. He doesn't. He can't remember any names. Yeah, we get it, dude. Gaff King, memory problems. Check this out. Slate.com is very left-wing and say Biden faces fundraising woes as Buttigieg appears to be snatching up some of his donors. Let me tell you something. Buttigieg has got some charisma behind him. He's got a loud, powerful voice. He can talk. He's got some ideas. I disagree with him, but he's got the personality and he's playing up that moderate position. He is stealing Biden's thunder. Biden should not be in the race, please. You know what, man? I don't know how we're here. Why does anyone think Biden in any way is going to win? Could you imagine him going up against Donald Trump? And this brings me to, I guess, the last point I've made before, but want to make again. In what reality do you think the arrogant, narcissistic ego man with Donald Trump would ever be concerned about Joe Biden? It is insane to me. Look, dude, we know that Trump has got a mouth. We know, like, did you, have you watched, go back, go back and watch the debates between Trump and Hillary. It's hilarious. It's, it's funny. So there's, there's one I just watched recently and, uh, Trump is talking and he says, I'm going to bring back jobs. And then Hillary interjects. And then Trump just, Hillary starts talking. And Trump goes, excuse me, excuse me. So we're going to, and he just shuts her down. Then Hillary starts talking. And then immediately Trump is like, wrong, wrong. No, NAFTA was a bad deal. Wrong. And he's just, he just shoved her out. She couldn't compete with that. Not to mention, she was like smiling like a fiend the whole time. Like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? But Trump is a, Trump is a bully. Okay, for better or for worse, Trump has got that personality. He's arrogant. He knows he knows what he knows, and ain't nobody can tell him otherwise. You think he's scared of Biden? He was he was threatening Hillary Clinton with jail on the debate stage. He's like, yeah, because you'd be in jail. And they're trying to they're trying to pass this narrative off that Trump thought he was going to lose to Biden. It is mind numbing. Biden's going to be up on stage, and Trump's going to be like, Joe Bi- Joe Biden, what did he even do? 
They're gonna bomb ears, and Joe's gonna be like, well, we, we, we did a lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, and anyway, um, what were you saying, Trump? He's just gonna, he's gonna, blah, blah, blah. and they want us to believe that a guy who can't raise any money is a threat to Donald Trump, who has shattered presidential fundraising records. Sorry, man. These people, they, 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 they would rather live in their fantasy. They would rather live in their fantasy world where Biden is somehow on top as Donald Trump is stampeding over them in every direction. And they would rather launch an impeachment inquiry that results in even Biden. Now he's probably gonna be called as a witness. The other Democrats are being pulled off the campaign trail. Trump's going to go out with all, like all the free reign. What, what, are, what are they doing? It's, it's crazy to me. Adam Schiff tries to convince us that Trump thought he was going to lose to Biden. Is that a joke? Have you ever watched Biden talk? Trump, Trump, Trump would probably campaign like, okay, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Trump literally said he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose votes. And you think he's scared of Biden. Now, if someone said that Trump was worried about Tulsi Gabbard, I believe it. I'd believe it. Not that he would lose outright, but hey, you got to admit there are a lot of former Bernie supporters and moderates who would absolutely vote for Tulsi. If someone said that Trump was concerned about uh, Bernie Sanders, I wouldn't necessarily buy it, but it's more plausible. Like Bernie's doing well. Bernie is like the main populist contender on the left to go up against Trump. I thought he, I, I think Biden would have won in 2016. I don't think I'll win today. But the narrative they're pushing is just so insane. Of all the people they picked to claim that Trump was scared, they, they picked Biden. Yeah, the guy who can't raise money. The guy who can't remember the name of his potential VP. The guy who literally told some immigrant to go vote for Trump. <laughs> dude, Biden is, 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 dude, if Biden gets the nomination, I am going to laugh harder than I've ever laughed. But I'll tell you this, if Biden actually wins the presidency, I will laugh for like three months straight because I just, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Anyway, I got one more story coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around. I will see you all shortly. Buzzfeed is being sued by a man who is called one of the most efficient persuaders in the world, Tony Robbins. He says, who is watching the watchdogs? That is a great question, Tony. And I ask the same thing. The story Buzzfeed doesn't want you to read. You see, what I started on this article here, Buzzfeed News, Tony Robbins arrived at the summer camp as a star guest. He left with one accuser, two eyewitnesses, and dozens of others who remember the day's dark turn for decades. So BuzzFeed has repeatedly written these smears against Tony Robbins. And I can't tell you why, because who cares? Like, it's Tony Robbins, dude. He's like a motivational speaker. Of all the people to do a takedown on, why would you take down this guy who's trying to get people to, like, jump up and down and and be motivated? It's the weirdest thing. But Tony Robbins essentially says there is a concerted smear campaign, dare I say it, a conspiracy to drag his good name through the mud. BuzzFeed is trash. I've defended them in the past. They're not the worst, but I'm just fed up with them. And and, and I'll tell you what, it's because they ran an article recently where they claimed that two black men fought to the death over fried chicken. And I swear, I'm not kidding. They wrote that. And it's not true. It was fake. I know other outlets wrote about it, but man, when I, I, you know what? There's some private information in there, but I'll just let you know. I know some of the people at BuzzFeed. I was, I was furious they wrote that article. It's not true. Because I, I grew up in these impoverished communities, and I know the media never cared for us. But now that BuzzFeed gets their hilarious racist story about two black men fighting for chicken, and then one of them dies over chicken, that's what they're going to roll with. BuzzFeed is trash. 
So let's read what Tony Robbins has to say. Maybe, maybe not all of it, but we'll, we'll see what the gist of it is. He says, freedom of the press is central to the democratic experiment and our last best line of defense against those in power who threaten the rule of law. But in recent years, we have drifted a long way from those days. And when that press played an integral role in the battle, uh, and, and, and when, oh, okay, we drifted a long way from the days when the press played an integral role in the battle for freedom. Today, when anyone can spread gossip and false information without consequence, and online and entertainment media companies disguise themselves as news organizations, we must ask a fundamental question. Who is watching the watchdogs? Who watches the watchmen? Far from the watchdogs they once were, too many members of today's tabloid and entertainment media ignore traditional journalistic ethics, values, and standards. Too often in the hyper-competitive, celebrity-driven, and political-charged environment that currently exists, they fail to verify facts and vet sources and are permitted to present predetermined stories supporting an agenda or outcome they believe will sow the most outrage and engagement with their target audiences, whether true or not. And what's the audience they're aiming at? The Me Too audience. Why Tony Robbins is a famous celebrity. What if BuzzFeed had the exclusive on a Me Too accusation, and they got it by any means necessary, even lying? Well, that's what's apparently happening, according to Tony. For this reason, I am now suing BuzzFeed following a premeditated and malicious campaign against me and my life's work. In a series of articles this year, BuzzFeed falsely accused me of abusing my position and making inappropriate advances towards employees and event attendees, as well as berating abuse victims at my seminars. Those stories were filled with falsehoods, and many people actively spoke out against BuzzFeed in the immediate aftermath. For example, BuzzFeed inaccurately labeled two of their sources as victims, when the truth is both came forward publicly to say they were not victims and refuted BuzzFeed's false reporting. Further, more than two dozen witnesses issued sworn statements disputing the accuracy of BuzzFeed's reporting, and others have expressed serious concerns about the, about the BuzzFeed reporter's conduct during interviews. Yeah, there's uh, some people from BuzzFeed who I talked to once who, I'll just, I'll just put it this way, I was essentially threatened with illegal activity by somebody they, 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 I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to be sued either. But I was basically told that some really bad things could happen to me unless I handed over private, private information, basically. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I've defended them in the past because I, because these, these people who were there are no longer there. But BuzzFeed, you, they've crossed the line way, way, way too many times. And I'm not, I'm not talking about straight BuzzFeed. I'm talking about BuzzFeed news. Okay. Cause this is, he says BuzzFeed, this is BuzzFeed news for shame. He says in the first article, BuzzFeed cited an account of a former personal assistant, Miss Ritasse, Ritas, shortly, shortly thereafter, Miss, Miss Ritasse, how you pronounce it, Miss Ritasse, publicly repudiated the story. The only part of what BuzzFeed said about me in the article about Tony Robbins is that Tony's work truly impacted me and my family for the better. His work was transformational for our relationship and our life. BuzzFeed told me they wanted to talk to me so I could provide balance to their story as a positive perspective, and then they twisted my words in a negative way. My interactions with Tony were always respectful, professional, and appropriate. The same BuzzFeed article stated that Robbins had unleashed expletive-laden tirades on survivors of abuse and domestic violence, and then proceeded to selectively string together pieces of an intervention between myself and an event attendee to create a narrative untethered to facts and reality. I've been there, man. I had one guy recently take two different quotes from me from two different stories, mash them together to completely make up a face narrative and then claim, but they were real quotes, right? So, so what that he put them next to each other? So it sounded like one story. 
Fake news. And then instead of admitting their fault, they said the quotes had errors and had been removed. Thus, people then accused me of lying. These people are snakes, man. He, uh, he goes on to say, when the woman involved in this intervention read the article, she was stunned by the gross distortion between what she read and her real life experience. She set the record straight when she posted a video on her YouTube channel vehem- vehemently refuting BuzzFeed's reports as false and completely inaccurate. She courageously shared how the life-changing experience at the event positively impacted her life, stating, BuzzFeed just basically continues to try to use pieces of the intervention out of context to make their point. The point that they want to make regardless of my experience. So enraged by BuzzFeed's complete disregard for the truth, this woman filed a lawsuit implicating BuzzFeed and one of its sources for destructive conduct and a violation of her privacy rights. Check this out. I think I have it. Nope, that's a different story. I guess I don't. I'll open it right here. This woman uh, opened, uh, I'm sorry, in the circuit court of the 17th Judicial Circuit in and for Broward County, Florida, Annalee Campos suing Nicholas Fuser. So this is what, uh, what he posted here. He says BuzzFeed doesn't just stop there. They reloaded their drivel gun and tried again. They published a subsequent article alleging that I punish followers by making them drink unidentified brown liquid. <laughs> My team responded to this ridiculous claim and shared the recipe and a video of what actually occurs. Unsurprisingly, BuzzFeed did not acknowledge key facts we shared, since that would have ruined their narrative that I was somehow doing something injurious to my attendees. It is no wonder that the Pew Research Center cites BuzzFeed as the latest, uh, I'm sorry, as the least trusted news source dead last in a field of 36 media outlets. Well, here, I'm not going to read everything that Robin says, but we have this story from BuzzFeed. He said, they said, a BuzzFeed news investigation. Five parts. Look at this. Tony Robbins punishes followers by making them drink unidentified brown liquid designed to have a lasting effect. What? What is this? At high pressure seminars, the self-help, guru, uh, self-help superstar punishes people who don't measure up to, uh, by feeding them a gross shot of unidentified brown liquid. His lawyers deny the mixture contains laxatives. Why did they include that? These people are out of their minds. I don't believe them for a second. They do not deserve any of my goodwill or the benefit of the doubt in this matter. To, like, dude, if you're going to come out and make these claims and they're refuted, sorry. Now, it's possible Tony Robbins just wants to skirt, you know, a smear campaign. But I'll tell you what, he's got a ton of stories in here. A ton of things, quotes from people saying it's not true. It's that the lawsuit is happening. It's a fact. Maybe he's so powerful, he's paying all these people to turn on BuzzFeed. What? Why would someone give BuzzFeed negative information on Tony Robbins and then turn around right away and say it's not true? Why would they keep doing it? Why would everyone be doing it? And why would I trust BuzzFeed? Nah, I used to, not at this point. He says numerous people have called uh, in reports of being harassed and pressured by BuzzFeed reporters. He says it's a tactic where they talk about making people open up. Let's get to the bottom of this. He says more and more people are coming to see the media not as referees, but as active players in the larger game of agenda pushing. Credible media demand transparency, but online tabloid media disguising themselves as news organizations too often remain secretive about their sources, techniques, and their own agendas. The result? People are turning away from journalism and questioning its once important role as society's trusted watchdog. One day, the honorable craft of journalism will return to reporting fact-based news, not assassinating targets for entertainment purposes and clickable audience build, building to drive revenue. Until this happens, I simply ask, who watches the watchdogs? Yup. But we all know it. 
And that's why you're here watching this video, because we all know what the media has become. They are not the fourth estate. They are not watchdogs. They are rage bait smear machines who will lie, cheat, and steal to get what they want, to get those clicks, and they don't care. They employ activists who don't care about the truth, who just want a a salacious story. And they will drag down everyone in their path to get it. It's sad. There are some great journalists that still exist, but I'll tell you what, I'm not sitting here on my hands, okay? Subverse is doing really important work. It is editorially independent from me. We've got some great journalists doing field reporting on the ground in Europe, in Hong Kong. We've got some, uh, some big stories coming up. And guess what? You check out subverse.net, you know what you're not going to see? You're not going to see stupid orange man bad narratives. You're going to see real reporting from around the world. You're going to see real anchoring behind the desk talking about key issues without the opinion, without the nonsense. And I'll tell you what, man, there's a big risk in that because this is what clicks, this is what sells. So we're going to keep doing what we got to do, all right? I don't think that, you know, when it comes to, like, I'm an opinion guy, right? I'm doing these opinion commentary channels. I do have a lot of journalism in, the, in this content as well, but it's a lot of my opinion. And I, I recognize that. And that's why I made sure Subverse is what it is. Because the real, journal, real journalism must be funded, must survive, because we, we'll just keep seeing more stories like this. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.